just lift our hands to the Lord just for a couple of minutes? It's so wonderful to be in His presence. God is doing so many wonderful things. This room this morning, there are hundreds of backgrounds, hundreds of lives, everyone different, everyone coming from somewhere, everyone going to somewhere, and everyone is facing something right now. You know, the person beside you, behind you, in front of you, maybe does not know all of the things that you're facing right now. But there's one who does. And the one who does has the answer for it all. So just for a couple of minutes as the band plays, can we just fire it up just for a minute and just begin to pray from your heart. Begin to pray from your spirit. Come on, let the person beside you hear you pray. It really encourages them all over this room. And those watching online today, wherever you are, come on, just break the position from the couch wherever you are and just stand. Walk about your living room and begin to pray in the house of So Father, we come to you one more time. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we're doing. You know exactly what we need. You know the questions that we have. And you know the answers that we so desperately, desperately need to hear. You have a solution to every problem. You know our comings and you know our goings. And you know, Father, what it is that we need to do, the steps that we need to take, the doors that we need to go through, the jobs, Father God, that we so need. Father, you are the God of us all, the Father of us all. And we worship you in the name of Jesus. We declare that Jesus is Lord over our families, over our lives. In Jesus' name, and Father, we declare it one more time, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. We declare that Jesus is Lord of this church. We declare that Jesus is Lord over this city. We declare that Jesus is Lord over our marriages, over our families, over our children. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Father, let your presence sweep into this place. Father, you're manifested, anointed to destroy yokes and remove burdens. Let us never be the same again. We give you praise. We honor you. We magnify you. Come on, lift your voices. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship Stay with life just the same. Go through the motions every single day. 
single day, every single week, going through the same motions. It's time to change. God's power can do that. God's power can show up and break every yoke of the enemy, destroy every work of Satan. There are forces at work, evil forces that want to destroy you. You must rise, take authority, operate in the name of Jesus. You're the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. says that one will set a thousand to flight two will set ten thousand to flight in other words we are stronger together lift your hands if you understand that this morning so with your hand lifted high then you're saying that you understand the power of the corporate anointing and the reason why the church must never stop gathering there's nothing Satan would love more than to close every door of every church, to shut down every meeting. He'll leave you with Sunday morning because generally Sunday mornings are just, that's what we do. We go to church, whether that was to mass or converted, we come to a church like this. That's what we do. Can I ask you a question? What do we do with the rest of the week? What do you do with your Monday? What do you do with your Tuesday? The victory of Sunday, is that in Wednesday for you? Is the victory that you sense on Sunday, is that on Thursday for you? What prayer meeting do you go to during the week? Who do you pray with during the week? If you don't pray with others, do you even pray as a family? Do you even pray with someone else? Because the Bible clearly says, for two or three agree, touching anything, it shall be done. It didn't say you on your own, it said you with someone else. So therefore, the power of agreement comes through not just one, it comes through us. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, us. That means that Sunday morning is not going to work for you in the victory that Jesus has attained for you. Something somewhere, something more is going to have to take place in our lives. Not just to be part of a great church, but to be operating as the church. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor Paul, when you come to town, you have always something to say. It's not that I have something to say. It's that I believe that God wants to say something as our Father. You see, truly, guys, and I'm going to let you be seated, but maybe this is the longest you've stood for Jesus in quite a while. So I want you to stand just for a few minutes. But it's so important, these things that you're hearing today, that you receive them and you realize with finality that God is doing something in your life. We said today that God has Dublin in his hands. How many people believe that? Well, where is he? Is he in your house? Is he in your prayer life on Tuesday? Is he with your group of prayers on Wednesday? How many prayer meetings do you have going? 20, 30, 50, 70? Where do you go? How do you do that? Can you say that your community is being changed by the prayers that you are praying in your home? You say, Pastor Paul, please don't do this. Let me tell you something. If God has Dublin in his hands, and I say this so respectfully, then why are the streets of this city filled 
with people getting drunk out of their heads, shooting all types of drugs, people addicted to all forms of drugs, debauchery, sexual promiscuity. You just have to walk about this city and it mocks you, it shouts at you. Sin is at every corner and everywhere you look. Yet I believe in what we sang today and I believe the anointing touched what we sang today and I believe it was the direction of the Lord to sing it today because it was the provocation of the Lord and His presence touched it because His presence wants to come and wants to be the reality that shakes Dublin out of hell and shakes people's lives out of helly situations and begins to remove the torment from people's lives. People are sitting in the bars, they're packed. Outside on the streets, it is packed. Don't tell me there's a shortage of money because people are spending hundreds and hundreds of euros every single night and every single weekend to satisfy themselves and to escape. Please take the hand of the person beside you one more time. God wants to touch your life. God wants to break into your life. If you're not standing by somebody, go to them right now. We're the Church of Jesus Christ, don't be alone. COVID has tried to make us individual. It's tried to make us isolated. It's tried to make us be on our own. We go to the farthest corner of the room. No, we need to be together. That person beside you is so important. For all you know, that person beside you may depart this earth today and go to heaven. Well, you might have been the last person that had an influence in their lives. The very law of transmission and touch is an operation right now. In the name of Jesus, you have more to gain from that person than to get something wrong from that person. If we can believe that there's something of the Spirit that can be transmitted through us, that can be transmitted to us by another individual instead of thinking we can get disease. If we can believe we can get a disease just like that. How many people believe that we can receive something from the Spirit just like that? You see, we've been moved so much by the Spirit of this world to believe that we can get something wrong from somebody. But what if we were to be in this place today and we got something right from somebody? What if we got a touch from God through somebody today? Somebody that was believing, somebody that was praying, somebody that was holding on to the Father's heart for each and every one of us. And so Father, today we release a fresh anointing, a fresh energy, a fresh release of heaven in the name of Jesus. I want you to say this, I will never be the same again. Let this say it like we mean it. I will never be the same again. From this day forth, everything is changing. I'm gonna walk in my destiny. I'm gonna walk in the goodness of God. I'm gonna walk under the anointing of God. I'm gonna walk in the power of God. Sickness cannot hold me. Disease cannot hold me. Torment cannot hold me. Come on, terrorism cannot hold me. Fear cannot hold me. I am a child of God. I am blessed by God. I have the anointing of God. I have the touch of God. I have the love of God. I have the blessing of God. I have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. God is with me. He is for me. He's behind me. He's in front of me. He goes
take your seats today. Thank you guys. Just stay close. How many people are glad you came to church today? Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. We're not going to keep you long. We'll let you out by 4 p.m. Just pray over the children's ministers. I started last night speaking on something that I believe that the Spirit of the Lord has been stirring in my heart. And Ireland is known as the land of saints and scholars. But I want to retitle that. The land of hungry saints and spiritual scholars. How many people believe that the greatest days are right up ahead? I'm not talking about your Lamborghini and your Mercedes Benz. I'm not talking about your mansion in the country with your 500 acres. I'm talking about heaven on earth. God only knows that we've seen so much hell. No one, in, and even in their right mind of state, would have thought that what would have happened over this last two and a half years could have taken place. I see reports from yesterday evening and this morning that they're really trying to make this monkeypox not a global issue. But yet, if you'd listened to anything that was coming from these pulpits, you would have heard that COVID was just the start. Something very sinister, something very devilish. Wants to come to the earth to destroy this place. Yet when you go to the Lord's Prayer, there is one thing on God's mind. Through the lips of Jesus when they asked him, teach us how to pray. He said, on earth as it is in heaven. That is still the final word. Just because we've had certain things coming from the enemy, disease, changes nothing. Just because you have attacks from the enemy, changes nothing. The word is final authority. I would like you to think this morning as we go into this, how did you fare during COVID? How did you fare? Did you feel emboldened by the Spirit? Did you feel quickened by the Spirit? Did you sense a sense of victory? Did you sense a sense of overcoming? Did you sense a sense of, I'm the head and not the tail? And no matter what's happening, God is still in control. Jesus is still praying for me. You see, COVID really showed us a few things about ourselves. There were some things during COVID that I did not like seeing about myself. I was challenged in some areas. God only knows I spent many nights in my office, lying on the couch, praying, believing, weeping, interceding, reaching for the word of the Lord, reaching for what God was saying and not listening to the YouTube not listening to the news. God told me very clearly, turn the news off. That included all the people that thought they knew something, all the people that thought they could tell us something, all of the prophets that thought they knew something. I turned it all off and reached for his voice. He kept my family through it. The plan the enemy had for all of us was to destroy us. He came at humanity, I believe, because he wants to stop the church. I'm not talking about all nations or millennial or your local church. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the body of Christ that carries God himself. When you give Jesus Christ your life, scripture tells us that you became a new creation. Please listen to me. One translation says, a new species of being that never existed before. A miracle took place in your life. You became brand new. Nothing like this had ever existed before. It wasn't an experience or an encounter that you had. It was literally a rebirth spiritually. 
You became instantaneously, in a second of receiving Jesus as your Lord, made in his image. The miracle of the new birth took place inside of you, and eternally you became sealed with the Holy Spirit to dwell with the Father forever, forever and ever. Why do I say the Father? Because as New Testament saints, we don't really know him or acknowledge him as God. We know him as Father. The Old Testament knew him as God. But through the sacrificial lamb and through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he became the door of salvation and salvation himself in which we entered through so that we could be introduced to the Father of eternity. That moment that you received Jesus Christ as your Savior was not by your power or by your will. Scripture tells us that you were given the power to become the sons and the daughters of God. You were given the power to become part of his family. You could not even come to Jesus without being led by the Holy Spirit. It was a supernatural moment, a supernatural happening, and it is supposed to still be very supernatural. The joy of salvation was not supposed to leak from you. You were supposed to retain it. He offered us, at the moment of salvation, another beautiful happening. He says, now that I am your Lord and Savior, you now can receive my power within you, and my power will come upon you. It is known to us in the church as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is just my opening. This is not my message. The moment that the Spirit of God then comes upon the believer changes us yet again. We become infused and empowered with the power beyond our lives so that we can live this life as born-again miracles of heaven on the earth. Have you ever asked yourself a question, why must we stay here in this hellhole the moment we receive Jesus? The only reason we stay here is to fulfill Scripture as the restraining order as the anti of the Antichrist. And Thessalonians makes that very clear. We're not here to selfishly just live life for ourselves and receive every need met like some spoiled child. We are staying here as individuals and as churches and as a corporate body of Christ to ensure that we occupy, Scripture tells us, until Jesus comes. That word occupy is basically to do business or take over. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe it's time for us to take over. I believe that the church has a little work to do, but I believe that we're good for it. And I believe there's a bunch of people here this morning that's not going to take this lion down any longer. The power of God was given to you so that you would live this life, that you would live it victoriously, and that you would not live it in a defeated fashion or in a defeated hostile. There is such a presence of the Lord to minister a Tomas Galaini, a Provanshakarste, and Benselo Framana de Maratuka because of his grace, his power, his salvation. Works will never facilitate what God has planned for you. You can try all you want through works to please God. You did something wrong last night, so you're at church this morning trying to make it up to God. You might as well have stayed at home. You don't make it up to God by coming to church. You don't get holier by coming to church. You're holy as it is because of the blood that was shed through Jesus Christ. Your wrong is nothing to his right. But works don't make you right. His blood and sacrifice and through the path of repentance makes you right every single time. He is a good God. Come on. He is a good God. God's plan is... For us to stay the course, 
Satan tries to knock us off. Satan tries to defeat us every time because he knows what you are and he knows what you carry. He stood in the very presence of God as Lucifer. He stood in the very presence of God. He understands the anointing. He understands what God can do and he understands who God is. Yet he still tries desperately to defeat him and to stop his inevitable end. Please do not underestimate the forces of evil that are at work. I think the church lies in a drunken stupor, to be honest, because we really don't know what's right. We really don't know what's really true. And we really don't know what's available because unfortunately, Others outside of this church don't really read their Bible very much. It's so easy to look at apps, news notifications, just an isolated verse to pray. But do you understand the plan of God for humanity? And mostly, do you understand the plan of God for you? What is your part? God never would ask you to do something that he did not empower you to do. And he would not ask you to live a victorious life if it was not attainable and if it was not available. He's not a God who confuses. He's not a God who frustrates. He's a God who literally laid it all on the altar and said, here's my son, receive the greatest gift that I have to offer for your redemption. Amen. And to live this life, he gave you power beyond your wildest dreams, power that would literally upend your lives if you really come to know the gravity of what it means. We live so minuscule-minded. We live so debilitated by our handicap of knowledge and understanding and spiritual experience. Yet, we build theme parks around Harry Potter. We celebrate every blockbuster movie of every super whatever coming out. And yet the church lies in tatters. We can hardly even get ourselves to a service. It's all we can do to get together. And I know some can take a boat, a car, a train, a plane, but others, because stream makes it so easy, will stay in our PJs, our shorts, and stay home. Guys, no war can be won from your couch. There are people all over this world that have signed up militarily, donned uniforms, and had to move to positions of action. They wish they could have stayed home on the couch and fought it from their living room, but they can't because an army must come together to make an impact in any war. Give the Lord a high five. That's why streaming will never take over the operation of us coming together. Jeremiah 33, 2 and 3 says this. Let's says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize. Have knowledge of and understand. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a man that is nearly undone. There is such a work to do. And I'm asking who is going to do it? I'm asking, where are the firebrands that have left their lives down? Where are the Stevens that are willing to be stoned at the gate of the city, whose face will be glowing in glory as they enter in to the gates of heaven? Is your heart burning this morning for you, or does it burn for God? Does it burn more for the Father that has become known to you? And James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes down from him and in whom there is no variance or shadow of turning. 
We may be in for the shenanigans and the show of the church and the entertainment value of the church. And we may go to see the latest prophet in operation. And we may go to see the next healer in operation. But can you turn up for prayer? Can you turn up for a simple prayer meeting so that you can see a nation, a village, a town, a city changed for God? Because a city is not going to be changed because of a miracle. We can see it even in Jesus' day. Miracles were not, miracles did not change cities. Prophecies did not change cities. What changed cities was prayer. Plain old boring prayer. Plain old prayer that you come not for yourself, but you come for the greater good of heaven. You come for the greater good of all those that you know and all those that live around you. You come for the greater good of the community, of the church, of the pastor. You come for the greater good of all of those that you don't know. Because as you pray, enabled by the power of the Spirit, you pray for those that you never will meet but someday in heaven you will be introduced to them by the Lord himself that these are the people that you gave your time so that they could be here with me you gave your time so that they could be healed you gave their your time so that they could be snatched out of the torment of the enemy the man that sits down the pub in the street today that knows nothing more than just Spending everything he has on himself will one day walk up to you in heaven and say, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for standing for me. When I didn't want God, when I blasphemed him, when I thought you were all a bunch of head cases, I'm the one that you prayed for. Guys, the church today, we can put on lights, we can put on smoke, we can play the best worship courses that are available to mine, but can you pray? Will you give just an hour to pray? Will you get on your knees and just make something available through the vehicle of prayer? That's what Jesus did. Jesus showed the disciples very clearly, this is what I do. And they were so intrigued that they asked him, help us, teach us. Do you know that they never asked him or asked him to teach them in any other subject but prayer? Yet prayer today seems to be the lousy sister of the church. It seems to be the one that's kind of ugly at the back. Why do we want to do that? Because that is a lot of work. But prayer is only a lot of work when it's you that is involved. Prayer is not work, and it's not boring when it's God himself that is involved. And Romans 8.26 says that when you don't know how to pray or offer a prayer worthily, the Spirit himself comes to your aid to help you pray. That means you don't do this on your own. You don't have to do this on your own. He is the one that helps you do this. And when you get into what I'm talking about today, everything begins to change. Worship is wonderful. It's for him. Amen. I will worship. I'm a worshiper. Amen. I'll give him all the worship. I can do that. I can go the distance with you. Come on. You want to go three hours, four hours, five hours? This gets Sean Foyt in. This have a wonderful time in the city. But I'll tell you, when it comes to prayer, can you go an hour? Can you go two hours? Can you go three hours? Can you go four hours? Because that is what's going to shift this nation. That's what's going to shift humanity. That's what's going to shift. Come on, everybody clap for Jesus. That's what's going to shift. Come on, somebody get excited today that God is doing something powerful in your lives. You don't have to stay broken. You don't have to stay down. You don't have to stay on medication. You don't have to stay checking in and out of and a, a mental asylum. Amen. Forgive me, I've only given you one scripture. But actually, if you go back over this message, you will see that it was scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. It wasn't a simple testimony of hope. It is an unadulterated word of Almighty God that will absolutely give you the power to stand. Never forget that Hebrews tells us that everything is upheld by the word of his power. That means that you are tomal satarki. You are unable to stand without it. And unfortunately, if you're not in it, you will be one that will be blown about by everything that everybody says. One day you will believe this. One day you will believe that. One day you will believe this. The next day you will believe that. But Paul, in the book of Corinthians, the Bible tells us, believed. Therefore, he spoke. 
He wasn't easily changed by just everything that everybody said. If you go into Corinthians and you read it, you look through the book of Acts, you can see that even when Paul was faced by the best of the intellectual bunch, he was more than a match. Because scripture says, I haven't come to persuade you, but it's by demonstration and power of the Spirit. I believe we're in days that things are about to change. If you're part of that change, shout a big amen. I don't live your life, therefore I'm not responsible for your life. You are responsible for that. Pastor has a responsibility for you. One day he will give an account for you. And the question will be to him, what did you do with the people that I gave to you? That nearly overwhelms me at times because I don't know if I ever signed up for that type of accountability or responsibility. But nevertheless, I have the job and I take the job most seriously. There's many messages that I could have spoke today. I could have come in here and given you some of the best. But I believe that this one is the greatest that you could ever hear. A word that will undergird you, provoke you, challenge you cause you to look to Jesus. Not look to who? Not look to the World Health Organization. Not look to our governments who are completely running around like geese in a snowstorm. They don't know what direction to take us. They don't know what to do. Monkey pox is here and donkey doos is on its way. <laughs> Forgive me if you think I'm making light but somebody somewhere has to speak into the center of this madness. Amen. Satan has an agenda and you are part of it. He wants to destroy you, isolate you, and cause you to become so defensive. Defend your family, defend your marriage, defend yourself against everything. Yet whatever happened to the offensive assault of the church? There are spirits that are at work to silence people like your pastor and me. They don't want to hear what's coming out of John Ahern's mouth. He's a threat to the establishment. And I'm not talking about the, the governmental establishments of the earth. I'm talking about princes that are unseen. I'm talking about evil princes, principalities that are unseen. They are an establishment. And if you read scripture and you are very au fait with scripture, then you will see that it was exactly that in the book of Daniel, where the prince in the air determined what happened in the earth through the prince on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Father God wants to use some, do something, he will use a person. When the enemy wants to do something, he will use a person. You have to determine who you are going to be used by. Your indifference is powerful, but unfortunately your indifference sides with the side of the enemy. To be indifferent, cast your vote for the vote of Satan and demonic forces. When you're inactive, indifferent, and you simply really just are ignorant, you really are siding with a very devilish operation. I believe we have a chance, an opportunity to become active again, motivated again, mobilized again, fired up again. I believe that God's about to raise up men and women on the earth that we have never seen the like of before. They will not take no for an answer. They will become mouthpieces for heaven and they will not be holding their life for nothing.
They won't care if they die because if they die, they die for him. They won't care what people say because it's all for him. They won't care what's thrown at them because when it's thrown at them, it is thrown for him. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I read a couple of letters last night. I'd like to do that if I may, and then go on to a couple of other things before I hand this back. How many people has ever heard of John Wesley? Let me see your hands. How many people have never heard of John Wesley? Put it up, let me see your hands. Pardon me. John 5th, or June 5th, 1758, in Castlebar. Dear sir, I have now gone through the greatest part of this kingdom, Leinster, Ulster, and the greater half of Connacht. Time only is wanting. If my brother, who would have been Charles Wesley, could take care of England and give me but one year for Ireland, I think every corner of this nation would receive the truth as it is in Jesus. They want only to hear it, and they will hear me high and low, rich and poor. May 5th, 1771, S. Hopper. If ever you should spend a 12 month in this kingdom, you would not repent of your labor. Here is a people ready and prepared for the Lord. Can I ask you, do you think that Dublin is ready and prepared for the Lord? Is your house ready and prepared for the Lord? What if God was to break into your house today? What if you were to give two days to prayer? What if you were to give five days to fasting? What if you were to give yourself over to prayer until you saw what you believed had to happen come to pass? I don't believe you would be disappointed. I think we spend so much time chasing after what we believe should take place rather than praying it in and praying in the manifestation of what is on the Father's heart. If a man or a woman would just take time to pray, I'm not talking about just praying in what you know. How has that gone for you? You've prayed all you know. That's why we were given the Spirit. That's why we were baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's why we were baptized with the Spirit and fire. That's why we were given the ability to speak in other tongues so that we could speak beyond ourselves, so that we could speak beyond our intellect and beyond what the doctor says and beyond what the politician says and beyond what the church says and beyond what everybody else says. You might just tap in to what the Spirit wants you to hear. If you were to pray in the way that I I'm telling you to pray. You might hear answers. You might be an answer. You might be the one that actually God will raise up for this time and this hour so that you can go about doing good and healing all that are sick and pressed of the anybody, of the sick and oppressed of the enemy. Come on, lift your hand and say, I'm ready for something to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't want another pandemic. Can I have a big amen? How many people in this room do not want the world to be shut down again? Wave at me right now. Then you have have a right. You have an authority. You have a power. You have a name that is in you. And that name is Jesus. You want this thing to be shut down again? You want them to keep controlling you? You want these forces to keep controlling you? Then do nothing. Do absolutely nothing. Come to church, sing a song. Yeah, hear a great message, but just do nothing. Live your life the way you want to live it. Use God as the slot machine in the sky so that you can live out your prosperous life. But I am telling you, it is more than that, ladies and gentlemen. The church must rise, and the church must rise now. There is not a moment too late for the church to be activated, the church to motivate, and the church to accelerate. It is time. Pastor, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. It is, you selfish thing. It is absolutely for you. You get up in the morning and you think about you. 
You spend most of the day thinking about you. You know how you know you're thinking about you? It's when you're thinking about what other people are thinking about you. That's how you know that you have you on your mind. What did they think of what I said? What did they think of what I wore? What did they think of how I did that? What did they think? You go out with people over the meal and have a meal with each other and you go home and you're thinking, I wonder, did I speak too much? I wonder, did I listen too much? I wonder, I wonder, did I eat too much? You probably did. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. It's a sure sign that you have you on your mind. But look at your neighbor and say, it all changes today. Look at three people and tell them, I don't give a rip what you think about me anymore. Hallelujah. Can my brother come back if he's here and play the piano or somebody play? I hope you're receiving something today. So if we're to be hungry, what do we do? How do we make ourselves hungry? How do we stay hungry? How do we stay on fire for God? Well, remember back when you gave your life to Jesus? Were you hungry then? I don't think you even knew what hunger was like. But the Spirit wooed you and led you. But after that moment, we have a responsibility. And the responsibility is this, to take what is new, beautiful, heavenly, and to grow it, yes. to feed that new creation, to tap into the mind of Christ, and to receive the instruction of heaven. Psalm 119, one to eight. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow His directions, doing your best to find Him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road He said. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping the course you set then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the patterns of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. How can a young person live a clean life by carefully reading the map of your word? I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I've banked on your promises in the vault of my heart, so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word. Verse 17, be generous with me and I will live a full life. Open my eyes so I can see what you show me of your miracle wonders. Remember what you said to me. I hang on to these words for dear life. These words hold me up in bad times. Yes, your promises rejuvenate me. The haters, they hate me without mercy, but I don't budge from your revelation. I watch for your ancient landmarks and know that I am right on track. Lift your hands all over this room right now. I sense the Spirit of the Lord in a very beautiful, powerful way. You've heard many things this morning in just a very short period of time. Can I ask you, did anything touch you this morning that was said? Did anything minister to you this morning that was said? Because I believe that you're reachable. I believe 
that you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I also believe that this church has been raised up, not just as a regular church. There's hundreds of regular churches that you can find. There's nothing regular about all nations. God has a plan for this church. God has a plan for you as part of this work. You have a man and woman that is leading you victoriously. Like I've said every single time I've been here, get with them, get behind them. Speak words of favor to them in prayers that undergird them. Every one of us need a leader. Every one of us need a good pastor. And I believe in this house, you found some of the best and some of the cream of the crop. Paul said, after 30 years, 30 years, 30 beautiful years, in Philippians 3, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For my determined purpose is that I may know Him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do, this one aspiration, is to forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. So let those of us who are spiritually mature and full-grown have this mind and hold these convictions. And if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have already attained and walk and order our lives by that. And that is what the fight is over. Satan and his demon princes and lords wants to literally rampage through the earth to destroy all hope and leave you completely faithless, trying to get a simple meal, trying to get your needs met, simply trying to get through life. It's not fair that people cry. We lambast governments, but what can they give us? They're just elected officials. We get one in that we think is better, and then we realize it's just the same show that just keeps going and going and going. But yet there is a government of heaven that is on the earth, and it's called the ecclesia. It is the authority of Almighty God that is here right now, and you are that authority. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to stand to your feet all over this room right now. Quickly, quickly. Quickly, quickly, all over this room. If you have accepted Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, if you have, if you have Jesus in your heart, and lift your hands and begin to pray right now all over this room. I want to hear you, ladies and gentlemen. I want to hear your voices. I want to hear your fervency. I want to hear your fire. I want to hear your conviction that what God wants to do on the earth is coming, whether the world likes it or not. Satan is defeated. He is a defeated foe. You have the power. You have been anointed. You have been consecrated. And Jesus has been made the Lord of your life. You are an eternal being that is still on the earth to restrain the enemy, ladies and gentlemen. The passion of the old revivalists, the passion of the old evangelists, where is it? I believe that passion is in your pastor. And if that passion is in your pastor, then that passion is in this church also. Amen. Why? Because what's in the head will flow 
down to the body in the name of Jesus. You have a revivalist, you have an evangelist, and you have also an apostle that stands at the head of this church as your leader. And if you listen to him and listen to God through them, you will see that God will lead you after victory, after victory, after victory, after victory, after victory. I believe that God is setting you up for success. I believe that God is his hand upon you. And I believe that he has positioned you in a boxing ring so that you can see prophetically that this is the fight of your lives. God does not put you in a stadium where there is boxing in the natural so that you can just have a foo-foo life. There is a fight that has been brought to us. There's a fight that has been brought to the world. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you have the authority within you to see the enemy defeated. If you believe that, shout a big amen. That means tomorrow is about to change. Tuesday is about to change. Wednesday is about to change. Thursday is about to change. Friday is about to change. You're going to be able to sleep in your bed and know that God is with you every step of the way. You're going to be able to get up in the morning and know that God goes with you wherever you go. That means you are never without heaven's help. To live in a world that is so desperately falling apart. As I walk these streets, it just breaks. It just breaks me. Because people are so desperately trying to get back to normal. But yet there is no normal. You can't even call this the new normal. Someone in the elevator yesterday in the hall said to me, I guess we just have to live with it. She's very blessed that she didn't get a full-on sermon right there. But for the grace and the mercy of God, I held my tongue because we had only one flight to go. And what I had to say would have taken 23 flights. I love you all. I love you all. I love your pastors. I love this work. I love what you're called to do. I believe with all my heart you'll not miss it. And I believe that God has brought a people together that will rise to do more than just meet together to sing songs and listen to a message. Take the streets back, ladies and gentlemen, it's yours for the taking. When everybody else says they're not doing anything, let all nations be on the streets pounding for Jesus Christ. Go to the bars, go to the clubs, but know this, that prayer has made a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, for many of you today, this is maybe a, a, a conviction. This is maybe a provocation. But just allow God to speak to you. Know that there's more to your life than just putting dinner on the table. Know there's more to your life than just, you know, getting in your car and going for a 99 down by the seaside. Know that there's more to your life than just sports. More, no most am I. More to your life than just having babies. Jesus is coming. And in a very short time, there's a great event that is coming called the rapture of the church. Look at me. Can I ask you, if the rapture was to happen this evening, would you make it? If the rapture was to happen this evening, would you make it? I pray that that is so. Bow your heads with me all over this room. If you're in this room this morning, you've heard something. But you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I couldn't think of a better time than getting right with God. You could walk out of this building today and get struck by a bus. Where would you go? Would you go to heaven? Or would you go to hell? Because there's only two places that are a destiny for humanity. To go to heaven means that you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and that you are living your life for Him, that you are sold out for Him. I'm not talking about you giving Jesus your life and you being a backslider and you living just any old life that you want. That's too scary for me. You have to make sure that you're going to make heaven if you were to die today. Are you listening to me? You cannot live this life with one foot in the church and one foot in the world. I don't care what anybody says. It is too dangerous to do that. And I believe that many have tried to do that and woke up in hell. So my question is to you today. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 
Number two, is there something in your heart that you could say, you know what? I'm not living right. I know that I gotta do better. I know that I gotta give my life to Jesus. I know that the way that I'm living is not right as a Christian. I want every head bowed, every eye closed right now. If you're in any of those categories, I want you to slip your hand up. I wanna pray for you because the power of God is in this room. Come on right now, all over this room, just close your eyes, lift up your hand if you need help. I see those hands. Hallelujah, we give God praise and honor. It is time to get right. I'm gonna give you another couple of seconds because God sees this, God responds to this, and God's power begins to work in your life. You've maybe been a Christian and you're living your life flat out in sin. You're living your life completely on the other side. I'm asking you right now to get right with God. Come on, is there anybody else? God is reaching, God is touching, God is speaking. Is there anybody else that wants to get right today? In the name of Jesus, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna hand this back to your pastor, he may give you instructions, but Father, you see every hand today, those that are coming to you and those that are getting right with you. I'm asking you, Father God, to touch them powerfully with your spirit. Anoint them, Father God, in a very significant way. Change their lives, upend their lives, and Father God, make them a firebrand for you. That the things, Father, that trouble them never trouble them again. We bind the works of Satan, and we loose the hand of heaven in the name of Jesus. We declare that great victories are coming to us. Great victories are coming to each and every family, and great victories are coming to our house. If you believe that, shout a big amen to the Lord. Let's put our hands together and bless him today. In the name of Jesus, let's receive your pastor. In Jesus' name, thank you guys.